This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Knowledge at Wharton on Business Radio. Here's your host, Dan Loney. A few months ago, we talked about the various troubles within Brazil's economy. Some of those issues were due to the corruption within the government. But now the country's credit rating has been listed as junk, and that presents a whole other list of problems that President Dilma Rousseff must deal with. To take a look at what has continued to go wrong with Brazil, we're joined by our friend Felipe Montero, who is an assistant professor of strategy at INSEAD. He is also a senior fellow here at the Wharton School at the Mac Institute. Felipe, great to catch up with you again. Thanks for coming on. Always a pleasure to be in the show, Dan. Thank you. Uh, The question I saw uh, in an article that was in The Economist, and it's popped up in other publications as well, is that why this didn't actually take place sooner, this kind of, uh, you know, devaluing of what's going on in Brazil. So I think what should be clear is the timing may have been a surprise. So a lot of people were caught by surprise by how soon we had a downgrade, mm-hmm. but it was not an accident. It was not something that people couldn't see it coming. So I think what we are faced now is a situation that a lot of us would predict could have happened, and it just happened earlier. And a lot of this, as we said at the top, it really this has been a trend that's been going on with, uh, with the nation of Brazil for quite some time. Uh, the corruption probe has, has really kind of led us to this path, right? So I think the corruption only aggravated the situation, the political okay. situation. So I think the reason for the downgrade is mostly because Brazil is running a, a difficult fiscal uh, situation. And I think the reason what has to be done hasn't been done yet is really you have a lot of political issues to approve. The tough measures that need to be approved if Brazil can be back on, on track when talk about its fiscal responsibility. So this this junk rating that, that they have been tagged with late last week, what does that actually do to Brazil uh, in terms of their day-to-day operations in trying to build up this economy right now? So I think the first thing is a big warning, right? So it is one thing, it is a threat. The other thing is, is now it's reality. So Brazil, uh, I mean, the debt has been downgraded. So I think it's really a big red flag that people – prior, they, they might have expected it would come in. Now it's reality. So I think it is a, a very strong, and that brings a, a very strong sense of urgency. At the same time, it is important that a lot of the consequences when we think about capital flows and investment um, really hasn't materialized yet because we had three uh, credit rating agencies and just one downgraded. So for many institutional investors, as long as two still give Brazil, uh, the right, the, the the as long as they keep Brazil's current credit rating, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of institutional investors can still keep their money invested in Brazil. I think the big threat now is if Brazil, if they don't have the other two, 
or if they lose one, then I mean the implication would be more, much more immediate because then we would see a lot of capital uh, coming out of Brazil. What are the possibilities that we may see a second credit rating agency downgrade Brazil or even the uh, the other two in a combination? Is that likely, or uh, is Brazil going to basically stay on this path in terms of their rating at least for the short term? So I think then the way I see the situation now, I think the analogy I see in life is, you know, everybody knows you need, we need to exercise and eat healthy. And sometimes you only do something when you had a heart attack. Yeah. Uh, I see the current downgrade as the heart attack. So I think it's pretty much the extent of what Brazil is going to do now is really yes. I mean, they understand they, they really need now to eat healthy and exercise, or they will continue in denial, and then the the consequences would be much, much stronger than just the head attack that was still, it was still were able to save the patient. So I think we are in that intermediary situation, going back to your point, what's the likelihood? I think it will really depend on what Brazil will do right now to address the issues that have been raised and that we all know uh, what has to be done. I'll play off of your food analogy for a second because it, it could be very hard for Brazil to quote unquote eat healthy when you have all of that uh, that other stuff going on, which basically in in the food world would line up like a big chocolate cake, a, a pound of ice cream, you know that type of thing. So I think that the for me the first measure is really uh, let me step back. I think there have been three types of wrong reactions to the downgrade. So let me try to enumerate them and, and try to suggest what could be the, the way forward. Mm-hmm. So I think one wrong reaction has been denial. Okay? I, don't, I don't agree with the credit ratings or who are they to be downgrading us. And I think kind of President, former President Lula was very unfortunate to, to make this, those type of comments. Uh, so I don't think it, it helps. Um, I think the other, in my assessment, wrong reaction is to be in a very pessimistic, catastrophic mm-hmm. uh, mood and say, this is the end. And I don't think it is the end. I think Brazil will get out of this or, or has all the conditions to get out of this. And I think you need, right, you need that strength as we are playing with the food analogy, right, to be strong enough to resist the temptation at the same time uh, go back on track. So I think being extremely pessimistic, catastrophic doesn't yeah. help. And I think the third wrong uh, reaction for me has been which surprised me to a certain extent is a, a more amateurish reaction. So as I was saying before, I don't think the downgrade was an accident. So it was not something that we could have predicted. So I was expecting a more professional response from the government. And, and I think what we need now is really kind of a timely, professional, transparent, credible reaction. We're talking with Felipe Montero, uh, Assistant uh, Professor of Strategy at INSEAD, and also a fellow uh, here at the Wharton Mac Institute. We're talking about Brazil, which was downgraded late last week and uh, goes into this week with uh, continuing economic issues. President Rousseff uh, had an emergency cabinet meeting after uh, that rating was assessed. So what does that tell you? Obviously, there, she understands that there is a concern, uh, but what, what do you think is the are they believing are the best ways to kind of try and alleviate some of the pressure that's on them right now? So, I mean, they, they had a number of uh, cabinet meetings. They had meetings this weekend. They are also meeting today. 
And it is clear that you, they need to come up with a new budget, and they really need to come up with... Uh, so before, so there has been a lot of talk about raising, having new taxes and kind of creating a temporary financial tax. Um, but I think before that, they, they have to come with some credible measures mm-hmm. really to cut expenses. And I think a lot of the discussions that are going as we speak is really about what can be cut. And obviously, this government uh, and the previous government had a, a strong commitment to all, a number of social programs and to what extent they would be able to preserve those social programs in their entirety or not, in a moment that you really have to tight um, and really tight the belts. We saw, uh, obviously, a little while ago, the pressure that was on President Rousseff when the, the whole corruption scandal was going on. With this popping up, how much of an effect does it have on her security uh, as the leader of that country, or uh, are we still a ways away from that? So it certainly doesn't help, and I think she is in the middle of a perfect storm because she was already in the in the corruption storm before, and then this only aggravated the situation because so the economic situation now is really bad, um, which may entail cuts in social programs and then entail even more unpopular measures for her at her base, and. I don't see so I don't see any good news coming on her way. So if we were to look ahead, right, it's either going to be to what extent she maintains a stable kind of precarious situation, but it's stable, or things would really go and and, and become even more difficult for her. Um, but but let me also highlight one point then that I think we discussed before in the previous show, which is a positive point on on all the mess that's going on in Brazil now, is. The institutions are working very well, right, even under those very tough circumstances. Sure. What do I mean by that? At any point, right, even with all this a corruption scandal and a president and very senior congressmen involved in all those corruption scandals, the democratic process has been operating in a very kind of good way. Right? Mm-hmm. So there has – I mean, the judiciary has been very free to, to pursue their mandates. The press has been very free to kind of really to show what is going on. So what I'm trying to convey here is the situation is very serious, but on the other hand, I think it's very good that the, the democratic institutions in Brazil have been strong enough yeah. to keep it going. One of their uh, important trade partners is China, and obviously we've documented on this show uh, what China has been going through with an up-and-down economy the, the last uh, several months. How much of an effect has China been on, on Brazil, if anything at all? So... China may, may have an important impact on Brazil, um, and I think it happened, um, right? It, it's just, it's, it has been happening for the past few months with the decrease in commodity prices. So China is a big importer of a number of commodities from, from Brazil, from agriculture, but also uh, iron ore. So, I mean, Brazil, Brazil's valley is a huge exporter of iron ore to China. So that, that is, that is that's very important. Mm-hmm. At the same time, what is important for us to understand about Brazil is a lot of the Brazilian economy is really kind of Brazil for international standards. It's not a, a, a export-oriented economy. On the contrary, Brazil is really what the strength of Brazilian economy is really its internal market. Mm-hmm. So, if on the one hand China is not helping, um, on the other hand, or the China's decrease in demand is not helping, uh, on the other hand, 
the real the engine of Brazil economy is really the internal market. So it's not other countries which are really export oriented. Yeah that would be facing even kind of a, a more difficult situation. So then the fact that, that Petrobras uh, also was uh, downgraded a little bit, and, and obviously that is a state-run uh, oil company, that doesn't uh, worry you as much going forward with the setup uh, of the country as specifically the, the, the things that are done within the government themselves to make change and, and really correct some of these issues? So I think um, the Petrobras issue was a big issue because it's not only Petrobras itself, but Petrobras is very important for the whole supply chain in Brazil. So there's yeah. so many companies that work with Petrobras that have been affected by that. So that was a, a big issue. Um, I think Petrobras is slowly getting back, trying to get back to normal. Uh, so I think the downgrading uh, to uh, I mean, it affects Petrobras' ability to finance itself abroad. Um, but a lot of it is also the, the that internal demand. So I think what is important for us to, when we look at Brazil, I think, first of all, why it matters for your listeners and why it matters for, for the U.S., mm-hmm. uh, Brazil is a very large economy, right? So yep. if we were talking about maybe Greece or Argentina or Venezuela, these are all important countries in the global economy, but not as big as Brazil. So Brazil has a huge impact on what's going on in the world because it's such a big market, a big economy. And I think it's a very kind of important ally for the U.S. So when you think about the BRICS, Brazil is a very important ally in terms of it is a country with kind of no enemies in the region, a very aligned with the West in many standards. Um, so I think it's important for also to kind of put Brazil in context in Latin America and the relationship with the U.S. But I think we should always look at the situation in Brazil in the sense it is inserted in this global um, network and this global context. At the same time, it is such a big internal market that I think part of the solution should come by the Brazilian, the ability of Brazil to put that engine back in motion and make mm-hmm. the internal market to work again. Not only kind of how it Brazil is exporting to China or other partners. We're talking with Felipe Montero of INSEAD, also a senior fellow at Wharton's Mac Institute. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. We're talking about the struggles of Brazil right now. It is interesting because I guess Brazil, a couple of publications have written, have lost about 900,000 jobs within their economy over this year. So in some respects, and not all, uh, but in some respects, what is going on in Brazil is a little bit similar to what obviously the United States went through with the recession, maybe not as deep, but you're talking about a significant number of lost jobs within an economy and an economy trying to build back up. I totally agree with you. And, and, and I think the comparison with the U.S. with all the differences is, is an important one, because when we go back and talk about international trade, Brazil and the U.S. are very similar. So Brazil only exports and imports roughly 12% of its GDP. So it is an economy that the recovery will necessarily go through the ability to put right the, the internal economy back in, in motion. And I think the, it, it is still the employment situation is still not as worrisome as it, it can become because Brazil was really working with very, very low uh, unemployment rates. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I think it's clear that if Brazil has to, any chance of getting out of the different situation it is now, it will be through kind of putting the internal economy and, and kind of reigniting internal growth. 
The other interesting thing is that, you, speaking tied off of labor, is a couple of statistics that the World Bank had put out. Uh, one, that the, the courts in Brazil had to deal with 3.8 million lawsuits, labor lawsuits of some kind. Uh, and this was back in 2013, but still, you know, that's a trend that, that probably has carried over to some degree over the last couple of years. And then the number of hours that corporations are having to spend dealing with tax issues is seemingly very high as well. So, you know, you talk about the World Bank, you have this report, right, doing business in different countries. Yeah. Doing business in Brazil is still very difficult. So the, all the bureaucracy, all the red tape, all the difficulties in firing and hiring. Um, so you were saying, I'm now I'm based in France, and when you look at right, all the labor laws we, like, we have in France, and France is also facing a lot of issues when you think about the labor market. Yeah. Uh, when you go to Brazil, it's a very similar situation. Actually, we imported, Brazil imported from France a while ago a number of those labor laws. And so the solution, right, and if we look forward and think about how we find solutions, the solutions will inevitably go through the ability to do some substantial reforms that must include kind of labor reforms um, and, and making it easier to do business in the country. You cannot leave. I mean, you will be always have productivity issues if it is so difficult for you to do business there. You mentioned about how the democratic process is kind of working its way uh, through uh, Brazil right now. Uh, there was obviously uh, quite a bit of of uh, outrage by the citizens of Brazil when that corruption scandal was going on. But right now, how much influence do the, the, the citizens in Brazil have to affect the type of change we're talking about that's really needed to get this economy turned around? I mean, we're talking about a lot of things that have to change within the culture of the government. So we have seen a number of demonstrations in Brazil. We, we've seen them two years ago, last year and this year. And I think the way they have been happening have been in waves. Right? So we don't see them every week or every weekend, yeah. but then like, kind of every two, three months. So I think at this point, right, nothing happened in terms of the mobilization, popular mobilization after the downgrade. Uh, but I'm sure that as things develop and as we see the government's reaction, depending on the government's reaction or inability to react, uh, we may see, again, huge demonstrations in Brazil. So I think people are very, uh, I, I think they are on standby. Uh, I also think, which is very important, I think the, the press has a, a very important role. If you, if you read the Brazilian newspapers and magazine, you see, wow, right? You have a lot of pressure from the press and a lot of transparency in terms of, of, of forcing the government to be more transparent about what is going on. Sure. Um, and I think that will certainly mobilize people. So then what do you expect to see in the, in the short term for Brazil? Obviously, knowing that, you know, they, they have this junk rating that's, you know, it, it's kind of a little bit of a noose around their neck. They can still obviously try and, uh, you know, get this turned around. But what do you expect to see in the short term? So what I expect is we will have some reaction from, from the government, and that must be much more public and much more transparent. So in the next kind of days, right? Uh, we should have some formal announcement. What what are the reactions? What are the budgetary cuts? Uh, how Brazil is going to avoid uh, downgrades from, from the other credit rates? So mm -hmm. we should see something, right, very direct, um, very soon. Um, 
and then you ask me what do I expect versus what I hope. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> the, the, yeah, I, so I understand what's going to happen. I understand uh, those are two totally different things, probably. Absolutely right. So what I hope in in that reaction, as I said before, that it would be really a credible uh, reaction, uh, professionally done. Because I think what happens before then, and I think a lot of of investors and a lot of people following Brazil, sometimes they lost their patience, is when they see a lot of promises that are not credible. Yeah. So I think what I expect uh, and more than expect, what I hope will come out of this is some credible response to what has happened. It is, uh, I, I guess, Felipe, it, it's something that... Uh, do you feel that it's almost like let's let's actually see it happen first before you can really put your your stake that this, that this is going to continue because of as you said all of the little things that have happened with you know the the control and the and the mastery of a variety of different things at the local level is quite a bit different than what goes on at the at the at the major government level in Brazil. Yes, and uh, maybe people were just hoping they would have more time. So as I said at the beginning, I, if you ask anyone following the Brazilian economy and with any experience in how those credit ratings uh, agents operate, I, I don't think you can say this is an accident. Say, wow, how that, how that happened? I think mm-hmm. the only surprise might have been the timing. Um, but maybe that would kind of potentialize or at least act as a catalyst to some important response that if that hasn't happened, you could you could have kind of very delayed negotiations in Congress. So, so I think to a certain extent, uh, when you have a, a moment of crisis, and we were talking about this heart attacks and all this, when you have a moment of crisis like this, it's, it's always an opportunity to say, listen, instead of negotiating and instead of having all those political battles for months, we don't have time for that anymore. Yeah. Okay. We need. I mean, the consequences of not doing anything substantial here are maybe. Too high. Can the U.S. be a factor in this in any way, shape, or form? So I think the U.S. Um, can can be a factor to the extent of uh, I think it is clear. And when you think when you look at the the business community in, in Brazil, it's a very uh, so we have very sophisticated companies, very kind of important companies in the global economy coming from Brazil. And I think uh, kind of looking to the U.S., I think there's a lot of inspiration in the sense of how the U.S. came out of the or, of, of the 2008 crisis, and 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 I think it gives some hope and some inspiration for that. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, when you think about monetary policy and and when we think about what the Fed might be doing very soon in terms of increasing interest rates, maybe the influence from the U.S. would not be that good in the sense of it's going to be even more expensive for Brazilian companies to kind of to get internal finance because. Um, Interest rates will rise. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.